there's a little a bit of uh, radio going on in the next room. Ah. If you hear a little something, can you hear the radio in the in the background? No, I can't. Okay, that's but great. you know we're live here, so okay. uh, welcome <laughs> to the Dance of the Soul. We're kind of having one of those Mondays today, <laughs> and as usual, you know we just kind of roll with it. And I'm we're sorry to hear that. No, I'm not sorry. Need to stop saying that, but you know, there's there's this dance of of life that you know sometimes when you're got a busy life and you keep going forward, that you just do what's in front of you instead of slowing down and breathing. And you know, I should have done my my um, kong my my singing bowl before I came on just to kind of clear myself. And I'm realizing that now that I'm gotten on. So I'm Natasha Venter, psychic medium, uh, intuitive personal awareness life coach. I do feng shui. I do. I, I work with energy all the way around. Um, right now I'm doing some wonderful healing with dimensional work and past lives all in uh, all in the same and, and DNA past life, you know, where you go down your family line and I've been grateful to be able to do that kind of work with people. And, you know, that's a lot of healing for the body. You know, a lot of us are going through a lot of physical ailments and there's a lot of healing that can happen with that. So with that, that I want you to know that you're all loved. And, you know, today we're going to talk about resentments because, you know, it's hard not to hold resentments. Even I have resentments. I know that I've struggled a little bit with resentments, you know, especially when I didn't know better to do better. And those resentments kind of sneak in as, you know, sometimes passive aggressiveness. They sneak in as, as a lot mm -hmm. of things that happen with the emotions. And we forget that resentments actually do... Um, can help us in a way to bring awareness to where, what we're holding on to, you know, what are the stories we're holding on to that we're not letting move forward. And so there's that dance, but with Regan here, you know, having his nice, wonderful perception of, of um, life as he's gone through a lot of different dances and me having my different dances, this is Regan Forston and Regan, hello, it's been a week already. Hi. And the time has just went boom. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because they always say that as you get older, it seems like time flies. And I have to, everybody that I talk to this my age, everybody says exactly the same thing. There was a, something I saw online where some scientist was saying um, it was so technical, I didn't understand. But there was a technical reason that as we get older, it's the different way that we get information and everything in uh, is different than when we're younger. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that's how he's saying it appears that time is speeding up. But to him, he says it's not really, but it's just the way we perceive things. Yes. But I, I want to say something about time though. It was yeah. interesting how I was on a call with my um, friend down in New Zealand. And I know that, you know, there's like an, a day and he's a day ahead and four hours behind. That's how I do it in my time, in okay. my, in my logistics of how I just, but he was also two minutes difference. Oh. When I said it was um, 11, 11, he said it's 11, 08. Oh, wow. And it was, it was kind of like, hmm. <coughs> hmm. It's interesting. You know, he's in the Southern hemisphere. We're in the Northern hemisphere. It was just kind of interesting, but well, you know. Yeah. In the spiritual world, you know, talking about time, there's, I don't quite understand it all where I could like explain it technically. Uh, but I, I know enough to just know that time is different in different, you know, places. Um, when uh, I'm with clients and they're uh, experiencing a past life 
when we do the past life regression. Um, and what's interesting there is the timeline is pretty fluid. It's, it's like a, mm -hmm. like a videotape that you can fast forward or you can rewind and be in that time. You know, it's like time, time travel, but in a different way than we, we picture it, you know, uh, and, um, uh, like even if they want to go, you know, uh, sometimes when people are, um, let, let me explain myself here too. I'm with the Newton Institute. If you watch these videos of ours before, um, uh, just a quick introduction. I'm, I'm one of 250, uh, certified therapists and we're doing research on the afterlife. And um, we have a process that's, uh, been well proven over 40 years where uh, we help people achieve a deep state of trance and in that state it seems like practically everybody has the ability to um, visit the afterlife for a few hours and come back it's like a like a near-death experience without the death part you know but it's done in a control very controlled way where you can get a lot of work done in two hours asking questions seeing people that have passed on uh, your a, a council of wise elders there will answer any questions you have about life, about God, about your religion, about anything, you know, from the heavenly perspective. Um, so people find out a lot about themselves, like they get the answers to why to a lot of things in their life. Like, why am I going through this difficulty? Why do I have a hard time holding on to resentment, you know, for this person and that? Why can't I seem to let go? That would be one of the questions they would ask for people that are difficult in their lives. Um, and uh, so um, anyway, that, that's a, a good way to segue into the resentment thing, because I've had had people um, uh, on the show before I mentioned a few times, a client of mine who uh, had a doctor on rotation every, um, he was three doctors, you know, three doctors uh, that took turns coming in. And when this one doctor would come in, she would have panic attacks before she went to work because this doctor was so um, emotionally abusive to her. Mm -hmm. uh, never in front of anybody. It was always when he was just heard him in the room and he would just pull her down enough to where she would have, you know, a panic attack thinking this guy is so cruel. Um, so um, we, she goes in the love, life between life session. She goes to a past life, uh, sees herself pass away. There's a guide there that takes us to the afterlife. And uh, we asked to speak to the council. So the first question she had was, why is he called called him Dr. Rotten Man? You know, why is do I have so much trouble with Dr. Rotten Man? And the council there kind of looked at each other for a minute and said one sentence to her. They said, you were very cruel to him in another lifetime. And uh, that's all they said to her. And then we moved on to something else. So uh, she was saying, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You know, says, I want to I want to resent this man. I want to hate this man. But over the period of the next few months, whatever that issue was between the two of them that had been there for several years, it just dissipated. Mm -hmm. And she didn't really do anything that, to her knowledge physically, like talking to him or he didn't do anything to her. But I think when she got that knowledge of like, wow, I'm just getting payback here for me being mean to him in another lifetime, um, it just changed her perspective. It probably changed her energy. So he didn't pick up on the same person. She was a different person after that, you know. Um, so sometimes, you know, I think we were going to mention this, that um, sometimes you have resentments for people and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. You just don't, you just, the person walks in a room and you just, ooh, I don't know why, but I just don't like this person, you know. And, and anything they do, you just, re, it's like you have this resentment and that troubles people, you know, when they don't know why. I mean, that makes it, sometimes you know why, right? You know, because you're, someone put you down or did something mean to you or whatever, but, uh, you know, how do you tell a person like, 
um, how do you fix that when they don't even know what to fix? You know, so. Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's so many things that, that creep up. Sorry, I'm kind of getting blinded by a light here. I um, wanted to kind of turn a little bit. There we go. Um, that, you know, as we're going forward and, and managing things that, that, you know, we don't know why we get triggered. And I know for me, you know, that, you know, resentment is something is an interesting balance of, of you know, past you know, like somebody could say something and, and they say it in a way that, you know, maybe an abusive grandfather says it in the same way. And we resent that person for saying yeah. something. And yet they didn't have anything to do with our story of why we were triggered. But we don't know why we resent that. You know, yeah. there's so many little loops of the story of our lives, you know, that if but the thing is, is that I've kind of learned that it's like, as soon as I get triggered, I try to go into, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes I even say those words. Okay, wait a minute. You know, because of the fact that we're going through life and, and managing the story, it's why is this happening? Why is this triggering me? Why are we doing these stories that, that are going forward. And um, it's amazing resentment really can stir the pot of, of something somewhere. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, yeah, we end up there. Sometimes the resentment we hold to people is because there's something directly that person does, but you're right. So many times are we, we start resenting people uh, that we don't really have any um, reason to, but that's just because they, they treat, you know, there was a, we have a trigger or something like they said something like somebody else that heard him in the past said, or, you know, it, like that happens a lot in relationships when, when people get out of one relationship, jump in another and another person might say something totally not meaning to hurt them at all, but it's said in such a way or something that's like their old partner. And all of a sudden they're having this big all fight and the other person's going, what, what did I do? You know? And it's just that, you know, we got triggered, but, but that shows if that happens to people that shows that you're still holding resentment from past, you know, your past relationships. And that's toxic, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you bring that into another relationship. So, um, you know, we all do it to some degree, you know, I, I would think um, because we're human and we don't, you know, we're not perfect by any means, but um, it's good to do that self-examination. Like you were saying, Natasha. Yes. Like why, why am I feeling this resentment? Cause it's, it doesn't feel good to feel resentment. You know, no. it's a horrible, awful feeling. No. And, and, you know, resentments, you know, if you look at the beginning of it, usually resentments are something and it could be, you know, an action done to someone, you know, like mm -hmm. let's say you can hold resentment towards somebody who abused you. You can hold resentment towards um, somebody firing you. You know, there's the outward action. Right. But then there's that action of, you know, like, let's say if I'm perfectionist and somebody does something that's not in perfectionism, you know, we can hold resentment that way. You know, we can hold resentment for somebody passing away. I'm so mad at you for passing away. You did it when you shouldn't have a lot of that, you know, and, and it's it's. Everything, there are logistics of, you know, like when we're in grief and somebody has passed away, that there, that's a natural form of, of, um, of the grief anger, 
you know, the grief moments and it can be labeled as, you know, resentment, um, just plain old anger. It could be a lot of different things. Thing is, though, we have when we're separating things out and, and fine tuning it a little bit, it is interesting to see where resentment can step in. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. It's like resentment sometimes is the beginning for it's the beginning uh, phase of uh, a relationship, whether it's going to, you know, that's going to fail, you know, because it starts with something where you just resent it. But I think what I tell people in therapy, a lot of my clients in therapy, a lot of times if you're resenting somebody, a lot of times it has to do where they haven't spoken up about their wants and needs and they haven't spoken to the other person about how whatever that person did. Uh, hurt them or how that, you know, that in other words, they hold it inside. Uh, they, they start assuming things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the way to, I, I say to let go of resentment is you, you got to talk to the other person, you know, not yell and scream and blame and whatever, but in a, in a, uh, you always want to, if you want to have the thing resolved and not just get even with somebody, you know, some people just want to, they want to hurt the other person like they were hurt. They want to, you know, punch for punch, but that, that just then comes another punch from the other person. Then you got to punch back again. And it's, it's just, you know, you can keep doing that till you, you, you can't do it anymore, you know? So to stop that and to heal yourself, you have to um, find a nice a, a quiet time. And, you know, at the right time, sometimes it works by writing a letter, you know, prefacing it by saying something like, I really care about a relationship and I want it to be good, but I'm feeling a certain way. And I'm wondering if you can help me with that or something, you know, you don't want to start it by saying you bastard, you bitch, you did this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you hurt my feeling, you know, because that's just going to make it worse, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a way, there's a good way to talk to people. Yeah. When, and because you have to think that the main thing you want to be concerned with is healing. You know, you don't want to feel that resentment, but you do want the other person to know you know, why, you know, what, what your feelings are, because if they love you, they'll uh, alter their behavior or they'll mm -hmm. apologize or something, you know. Um, but resentment quickly turns to, to like anger, deep anger, and then, and then abuse starts happening, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, it's, well, and, and resentment can hurt our bodies. Oh, yeah. You know, when we hold resentment, that's sometimes, that's the indice, when things don't go down well, quite well, that in the, <laughs> when you're not digesting your food quite right, <laughs> you yeah. know, or, or the, or, you know, that's where knees and back and shoulders and neck hurt, you know, yeah. that's where headaches happen. That's where, you know, because we get this buildup and buildup and buildup of, of structure and, and just, it's like, and it and explodes resentment can be explosive um it's yeah. it's very anger it's very very much anger orientated um there's a doctor wrote a book um on fibromyalgia that was the big thing about you know they started diagnosing people with fibromyalgia back in the 90s um and um this doctor found out that when people dealt with their issues of uh anger that they had pent up anger about issues mm -hmm. and things in their marriages that their fibromyalgia went away, you know, and it was just saying, it was just saying how, you know, we resentment starts to build up. Um, it starts to, I think of it this way, when, when we're angry, whatever we tighten up, yeah, 
you know, we, it's we a breathe in less oxygen, we restrict everything. And when you do, you're automatically shutting down your body's natural healers. You know, it's like I picture them like little worker guys. You know, they're, they're, they, have, they, they, they have a little warehouse somewhere in your body. And every day they wake up whistling, we're going to go repair this and that. And they're, you know, uh, going up an elevator and they get off and all of a sudden they're blocked and they can't get to where they need to go to work. You know, because it's been tied off or they have to squeeze through and only a few of them can get through. Uh, and then, you know, after a week or two of that, you know, they, there's a lot of work that they couldn't do. And so that part of your body starts shutting down and you have these problems, you know. So um, I think pre pretty much, don't you think pretty much now, maybe 20 years ago, no, but there's been so much talk about how um, most of that are... Um, that our angers and resentments and things like that turn into dis disease, you know, mm -hmm. diseases. You know, yeah, it, it's the dis space ease. You know, it's yeah. not disease. Well, it can turn into disease, but it's yeah. disease in the body. It's that um, the the nerve endings. If you're in in resentment and in fear and flight and in um, reaction and and all these different things. We do get into it's everything's on edge. You know, it's almost you know like we're you know the electricity where your 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 fur your your fur um your the hair on your body is standing on end and you're just in this moment of of um oh what's the word you want to you know where we're we're not healthy we're not yeah. at all in health and. I know that that going through certain scenarios of resentments that, you know, there is this, you know, process of, of, you know, forgiveness is a big part to heal resentments. Yes. And, you know, a lot of us don't know how to let go. And, and I don't want to say let go because things are never free floating out there. It's that transforming it. So how do we transform it in how do we transform resentment into um not necessarily that things are okay but but that feeling of of things can move forward because i know that you know there's you know if we got somebody who is not a good partner you know and we resent them for being who they are and we resent ourselves for choosing this person you know, yeah. why did I choose this? You know, and we resent them. We resent ourselves and we resent the situation. You know, so there's three resentments just in a relationship, you yeah. know, right. for, yeah. for me, I resented food for a while. That's you interesting. Know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a book called so everybody write this down that's watching or when you hear this in the future, it's called Forgive for Good. And uh, it's um, I read it years ago, but I'm sure it's still in print. And uh, it was about the study Stanford University did on uh, people that held resentments and resentments and anger and wouldn't let go and how that <clears throat> ended up uh, causing them many, many physical problems. And um, the book is not about, you know, the thing is, I think some people. They don't want to let go of their reason. They figure if they forgive the person, if they let the resentment go, that that person who did this wrong to them is getting away with murder. You know, yeah. it's not or it's all right. Punished. It's an OK action. But, 
Right. Yeah. But it's not about that. I mean, mm -hmm. th that person did something bad to you to cause you, you know, emotional pain and that anger that you feel um, that every, you know, pretty much been said many times when you still are feeling anger towards that person, that other person still has a hook in you, you know? And so, you know, what you're, when you want to stab them in a sense, emotionally, you're stabbing right back at yourself, you know, it's just, it doesn't work. So for your, what Stanford says is for your own health, for your own mental good, for you to have a happy life, forgive the person, what, however you have to do it, go to a therapist or whatever, do, you know, meditation, ask God to help you, but get rid of that uh, hook, you know, take that hook out of you, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's, you know, that you can, because, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to get better. Uh, when I've had people on the other side in a life between life process, and they're in heaven, in a sense, and they're the afterlife, whatever people call it, and um, they'll ask one of the guides or their angel or whoever's there with them, um, uh, why they have a certain illness. And I've had sometimes we'll say, well, we'll get somebody here and then another being will show up. And uh, it's like a doctor or, or like on the other side or something mm -hmm. there. And uh, th there's a discussion going on about why they have this disease that they have. You know, why can't they get rid of this disease? And a lot of times they'll tell them, well, that's because you haven't forgiven so-and-so, you know, and they'll say, we can't heal you right now. You have to heal yourself by forgiving that other person and your, and your illness will go away. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, sometimes like in these life between life processes where we ask for healings on different things, sometimes my clients get actually, um, uh, healed from some things. Um, and, uh, uh, but other times, most of the time they get the why and the, it's always goes back to you have these feelings you're holding in that have caused you to become ill in such and such a way. And, and they, they kind of know that, you know, my clients will go, I, I see that, you know, mm -hmm. I said, I need to, I need to really work on, you know, forgiving a person, you know? Yeah. And it's not, I, and I want to kind of, if we can make just a little squirrel moment here about forgiveness, because forgiveness doesn't say that it's okay. Right. You know, you can, you can forgive somebody and say, you're not going to do it to me again. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I'm not going to go through that path again. The thing about forgiveness is getting a perception it's like putting yourself in somebody else's shoe and saying, you know, it's like, um, I, I'm going to use this as an example that, you know, somebody's child got murdered. Okay. And you know that you need to, there's a part of you that knows you have to forgive that person for the action they did. Doesn't make that it, what he did was okay. Or that they, um, hi Kate, um, that they, um, that they did something was okay. But what, what one can do is get an understanding that the person who did that, what kind of home did they come up in? What kind of self-love did they not go through? Were they on yeah. drugs? Not to say that the drugs were okay, but, but there was an understanding. And when you get an understanding, so let, you, you might want to change the word from forgiveness to understanding. Yeah. You know, and then you kind of have an understanding of why someone could get to that point that they that they do that. Now there's Jeffrey Dahmer's, there's the there's really evil people. And you may not understand, but you can understand they were pure evil. Yeah. So how do you how to how do you you can understand the evil 
And then that kind of brings you into a form of, I can't hold, I can't hold the, the pain hate towards that person, but you can say, I hate that. I, I, I understand because they were so evil and it kind of puts you in a different perception. It takes, it, it, it shifts the whole aspect. So when you have resentment towards someone, sometimes going into an understanding, put your foot in somebody else's shoe, let's yeah. say not their whole, your whole body, but you, you put yourself in somebody else's place a little bit. And that those resentments can take a step back a little bit because of the fact that when we understand that people's life isn't what we think they are, yeah. you know, like sometimes when we come home from a rough day, you know, we're it's totally in an eye, you know, I had a rough day, you know, things were da, 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 and then we unload on the person. We hold resentments from the, the person because they didn't um, take off their shoes right when they came home, you know, yeah. which is the norm, you know, and it's the rule of the house. You know, and so you resent them. Why didn't they take off their shoes? You know, because it builds on to your angst energy day, right? But then you find out that they didn't have a break. They didn't have anything. They were so tired because they they had major stress. They had to hold certain situations up and they were totally gone too. And so then it's like, oh, why? I understand. Why would I resent them for something when they were walking, they were walking sleep coming in the house, you know, and they didn't do what yeah. they normally do. You know, so holding resentment, sometimes when we take and get out of the, I want to call it the selfish eye, you know, that, that unhealthy eye, as I call it, and get into a neutrality of understanding that it is about a healthy eye and a healthy eye. And how can we find a healthy eye between two people or two, or a, the eye ourselves and the situation, you know, that we can hold resentment towards? Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, interesting. I mean, that's the old thing about a guy, you know, just had a horrible day at work, got, you know, reamed over by his boss and he comes home and the dog's coming up to give him a hug and he kicks the dog, you know, and uh, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, I know uh, in the, we've talked about the anger management that in the show before, which we could do again anytime because there's, there's so that people are dealing with that all the time. But all these things, the resentment, the anger, the abuse that we do to others when we feel resentment, uh, um, I mean, it's just, it's, um, it, it could be, uh, you know, toxic. Um, what's interesting though, so, you know, we, we can even talk about this a little bit about, let's say I had a bad day at work and I know I'm, I'm bad and I'm in a bad mood and it's not a time when I want my dog to come up and lick me, you know, cause I'm, I'm licking my own, you know, or, or I don't want my wife to say, how, how was your day, honey? You know, it's like, we just want to be left alone or something like this. But it's in a sense, when you can tell that you're starting to become spiritually evolved a bit is when you're in that mode and you know, you're going to come home to your dog, or your wife, you make an extra effort to pet your dog, you know, for just a minute, you know, you make an extra effort to listen to your wife's really sweetness and all that without coming back with something and you don't abuse them. You know, you'd learn to, you know, keep that anger, that, that stuff that you're, you know, bringing home from the office, you don't want it to, you don't want to bring that disease home to the off, I mean, to your home, from the office to the home. Um, 
And when you start, when people start doing that, they really start feeling good about themselves. You know, that's in that we're talking about when, because otherwise we're going to do things that are going to cause other people to resent us, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, sometimes we're, you know, the people who do the bad things are, you know, what am I trying to say here? This, if you can take control of your issues, you're going to do less things to give people reason to resent you. So you're not going to put them through hell uh, by you dealing with your, you know, if you just deal with your own feelings in that way. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to do when we're in a bad mood. You know, like when people get hangry, as they say, that's the big thing. You know, they get, they get so hungry that they get snappy at everybody, you know? And if you just realize that your partner's hangry, he's just really hungry right now. And that that anger coming out of them or something towards you is just because they're, they need to eat something right now because their body is falling apart, you know, then you you will not uh, begin to resent them for the way they're talking to you. You'll understand, you know, uh, like little babies, they'll yell and scream at you because they don't know how to verbalize what they, when they need something. So they just get louder and louder and louder and you can't, you know, they're just trying to tell you what they need, but they don't know how to say what they need. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people spank their kids and yell and scream at everything. And the kids just trying to be heard, you know? Exactly. Uh, I know that, that a lot of, um, you know, us mothers and, and Katie, um, or Kate, I'll, I'll, um, Kate asked a question and, and I'll get to you, Kate. Um, okay. we're just wanting to finish this concept here that, you know, it's like, you, a lot of mothers or fathers, whoever is home with the children a lot, you know, we can have resentments. I know I did a little bit when, you know, I have, I had one child who, you know, basically had a different understanding than my younger one. And my younger one loved this child to pe- you know, to, to wonderfulness. And, you know, yet she had, you know, she was passive or, um, I had optimism in one child and pessimism in another child. (laughs) And and yeah, it was a great balance until I had a really rough, I had a couple of rough days and, and things were happening and, you know, and to be honest with you, an alcoholic husband at the same time. And I just went through, was going through grief of my parents and, you know, just, there was just, and and it was like, I, I was resenting the whiny days the un, un the the sorrowful days the the you know the tugging you know because of the fact that sometimes I didn't have it you know and I wanted to have it for this child I I yeah. wanted to I, and I had loving moments we sat down we did things we we had loving moments but there was moments where I got to get food on the table otherwise the husband's coming home and then we're gonna have hell hit the floor you know it's like so there's just times where I was resentful and. And, you know, you got to do the better you can. And there were some times where I would say, I'm sorry, I, I can't be what you want me to be right now. And yeah. I don't know if that child heard, I don't know if my child heard that, but at least that's the energy that I tried to put out there. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, it's an interesting process. It is. Well, so a lot of us are so fragile sometimes in our own egos and things like that, that someone can say the slightest thing and we get our feelings hurt, you know, that way. And, um, uh, sometimes it's not a bad thing. It just means we're, we're a lot of, I find out that sometimes the more loving a person is 
the more vulnerable they become to hurt sometimes mm-hmm. because their heart's so wide open that it can get hurt. And it's, it's an easier target because it's a bigger target, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, it, you know, you, you can, uh, I, um, I was in a relationship one time um, and I really was appreciated this person still do. Uh, and um, she would have uh, d- during when she was cycling during the month, she would have, pretty big mood swings, you know, the chemicals in her body. And she would warn me like the day before, you know, she says, it's going to be like tomorrow. So if I yell at you for something like this, please, I'm trying my best and don't take it personal. And just that one thing she said. And so for that next week, when she was having these issues and would get grumpy and things like that, I didn't, I just let it go. It didn't, I didn't build up resentment towards her for the way she was treating me because I realized, like you were saying, we know the reason behind Mm -hmm. it, you know that way you know so you know like a, 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 i mean this is an extreme but you know if a person hits his thumb with a ball peen hammer and they come in yelling and screaming you know uh, at everybody and everything you know uh, it's one thing if you, if you if you know that they just smashed their thumb you're not going to even think about taking that personal you know because you're going to know that that person's just in in pain you know and the court or we now, hope <laughs> yeah i've noticed in the courts now for sentencing of a few people Recently, they were saying the judges took into consideration the background of the person who had been very, very abused as a child. It was very severe. Uh, and they still got punishment for what they did because there's still no excuse for their actions. But the sentence was a little bit more lenient, you know, because the judge realized that this person had come from a very abusive background. And mm-hmm. that had something to do with their behavior and why they did what they did, you know. Yes, and and hopefully they learned from it. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, I understand that things that happen on the outside of us are here to help us on the inside of us, you know, and, and, you know, those those moments where we try to do our better, you know, and if we are with someone, please communicate, you know, it's not, you know, like even one day last week that I had some it was a really rough 24 hours, um, both inside and outside <laughs> my life. And I, my supervisor asked me to do something and I was like, uh, I will try. I'm not my best right now. I'm actually would like to break down and cry right now, but yet I'm, I'll do my better. I'll try. Okay. You know, and, and as I walked forward, you know, she was grateful that I did tell her that. Because yeah. then when I didn't, I did something up to like 80%, but I didn't do the rest of the 20, the 20%. And, and so she had a little bit more grace for it though, you know, cause she knew that there was something going on in, yeah. in around my day. And that's the thing that, that we can go forward. And, and as, um, you know, as Katie said, um, we all have tough days. It's so important to show kindness and, to have patience with each other. And Des, you, you said it very well, Katie, thank you. Yeah. That, you know, there is that dance of, of struggle that we all have, but there again is, you know, holding resentment <laughs> is when we get into the unhealthy eye. You know, a lot of resentments come from the unhealthy eye. Why did you do this to me? Why is that happening? Um, because it's making my life rougher. You know, it doesn't mean that we're selfish. It's just 
partly because sometimes we're in that mode, you know, why did you die? Why did this happen? Why did, why couldn't I let go of this because you're doing it to me again? You know, it's like those resentments, you know, why didn't you do this when I wanted you to do this? You know, there's those resentments that just hold on to and, and cause ripple effects with each other. And it, it's yeah. a sad moment. It really is a sad moment. Yeah. So I would say, at least half of resentment that we have is due to poor communication skills between two people. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's not talking about things and that because, okay, especially if you're in a friendship or a relationship that you cherish, it's good. Um, you know, it's counterintuitive to not uh, communicate well, you know, cause you want that to be the best that it can be, but being human, we, you know, we, uh, you know, we, uh, we get that way sometimes. Um, but I'm going to add about, in, sometimes it's not easy to communicate to some people, right? You know, it, it really you, isn't. And, but yet putting it out there, even if it's not quite heard, which we can get resentment for not being heard that, um, that putting it out there can help, um, negotiate some of that. Um, well, I did tell you, you know, <laughs> I did tell yeah. you, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky place to be, to be human. And yeah. the only thing I could say is, is kindness for self and kind you know, like Katie said, you know, having patience and kindness, you know, that, that it is about that, the breath in, the breath out, kindness for ourselves, kindness for others and communication, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say something and it completely... <laughs> love that when that happens yeah i love that? that you're human i totally love that you're human you oh yeah okay now i know what i was gonna say it's an example but it's such, it it just hit me so good and it's helped me so much when i was in hypnotherapy school um one of the uh teachers there really nice lady i i forget her name right now but she was a really good instructor she was talking about communication and skills because you know when we when we were taught, um, they taught us how to hypnotize people in the first three days because people are hypnotized like so easily. Mm -hmm. But then we, I spent the next two years just figuring out what do you do now? Yeah. You know, now that they're in that state, you don't want to mess them up and, you know, by doing the wrong thing. And um, we talked about communication skills a lot. And she says, well, let me let me describe to you how, I, how my daughter and I solved an issue that I had with my husband. And they said, we have a really loving relationship with everything. But she said, I have a husband that's a workaholic. And he works, he works, he works, he works. And he, he's providing well for the family and everything like that. But we never get to see him. And my daughter and I were talking about like, oh my God, here's this guy that we love. But, you know, when can we even be with him? You know, when he's not doing business and everything. So the way she approached him is the way I've been trying to do it now in the last uh, 15 years. Um, they uh, made a nice dinner for the husband. And then at the table, the, uh, the daughter and the... Uh, and the mom were sitting there holding hands and they said, sweetheart, you know how much we love you and everything like that. And you, we just love spending time with you, but you're working all the time and we don't get to hardly ever see you. And they would, and then they said to him, uh, what's your solution, sweetheart? And they left it. In other words, they let put it on him that way. We love mm -hmm. you. We love you. We love you. We want to be with you, honey. What's your solution? You know, they didn't blame him or anything like that. So she said it was a good way for him to go. Oh, wow yeah, I love these people and I'm not, you know, what it turned out too, though, he thought he, he, he didn't think they had any complaints because he was out there working for them, for the family, yeah. you know, and working His hard. His perception. 
yeah. So if they'd have come at him like, you know, you know, we never go on a date night anymore. You know, ne- you never take my our daughter out for special time. Blah, blah, you know, he's going to get defensive and like, what, what do you mean? I'm providing for the family so that we can have this good life and everything, you know. Uh, but um, so it's all in the way that you want to. It's kind of a soft communication, a non-threatening way of doing things that, that ends towards um, uh, most of the time. Uh, the other person will respond in a in a better way, and you'll get things done, you know. And and they did. She said a few weeks later after that, they said they were spending more time together, and and everybody was happy, you mm-hmm. know. So, it, it it's an ebb and flow, and and that's that's when um when we're uh, going forward, you know that you know like the um, the mantra this week is about accepting ourselves because I do a mantra a week that, you know, last time it was, um, I value myself, right? Yeah. Well, today, this week's is about, um, I'm accepting myself being perfectly imperfect, you know, but then one for this week, uh I accept myself for being perfectly imperfect. I accept myself for being perfectly imperfect. That's a good one. Isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the thing is, though, like I learned last week, you know, and and I know this, but it really was in my face with the full moon and the eclipse was when you when you're learning to value yourself, you have to say, do I value others? You know, it's like that outside is inside. So this week it's about, you know, in my video, I said, you remember about looking at yourself um, and saying, do I expect others to be perfect? Or can I accept them as being perfectly imperfect also? Yeah. So it's that I'm expect I, I'm allowing myself to be perfectly imperfect. Can we uh, allow others to be perfectly imperfect? Yeah. And it's how we good. do it, though. It's not like, eh, I made a mistake. Eh, I don't care. You know, it's not about that. It's that, oh, uh, yeah, I didn't do that well, did I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um, I'm still learning now. I'm yeah. human here. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of interaction about life. Yeah, I have a client uh, tonight. Um, actually, he's taking me out to dinner first. We're going to dinner and then uh, be a new client. And uh, I know uh, some of the issues that he that he has. And it's just he's just not liking himself very well because of the bad decisions he's made in his life, you know. And so uh I, that's my goal tonight is to get him to accept to be love himself, even though he's perfectly imperfect, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I was thinking about that, too. You know, when a lot of times when people get middle aged, a little older than that, and they have this life change thing and and they've done a lot of made a lot of bad choices, done a lot of what they would call negative stuff in years before. Uh, and then they decide to change. I try to get people to just let that slide now, you know, just love yourself anyway, because the main point is they got to where they want to be different and mm-hmm. they want to be more loving and kind now. So um, just like I, I remember, like uh, uh, they have the story of Jesus on the cross and the two thieves, you know, uh, one on the right, one on the left. And I forget which one it was, but the one on the, uh, let's just say it was the one, one on the of right. them, yeah. one of them. You know, it, when he's dying there or something, just said, please forgive me, you know, and Jesus says, you're forgiven. You know, in other words, it was that that it took that person to be, you know, dying on the cross to change. But they did. So that, you know, it's that's what's important is the change, not all the junk that you did before. Or like the, uh, you know, you know, growing up uh, Catholic and listen to all the stories, the prodigal son, 
you know, who, who took off from home, spent all of his fortune, you know, did all of his gambling and womanizing and doing everything bad. And then he finally comes back home and the father accepts him with open arms. You know, of course, the brother who had done everything right and been there at home all the time resented that his father would forgive the prodigal son. But it was a good it was a really good teaching there about forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. and about the main thing is where you're at at this moment. Exactly. You know, what you've done before. Yeah, exactly. Because then that's the thing is like, um, like I tell a lot of kids at school, you know, you're a great kid who's making poor decisions. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. we don't know we're doing poor decisions until somebody teaches us or we learn to do different. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that people judge ourselves where we're at. And that's where I think where, you know, when my dad made this statement at this minute in time, I know this much information. You know, I know this right now, and mm-hmm. this is the choice I'm going to make because this is the information I have right now. <clears throat> and then you walk a couple of days later or a couple of years later and you go, what was I thinking? Yeah. But at that minute in time that you did that choice, you only knew that information. Like for me, I wish I could have treated my mom better. I mean, I didn't abuse her. I didn't do anything like that. But I, I mean, I was wrung out tired. You know, I had a new baby. Uh, three weeks after my second child was born, I found out my mom had Lou Gehrig's disease. And so that next year, as my child started yeah. walking, my mom stopped walking. So I had a really rough year, uh, plus other things, sold houses, cha- husband changed jobs, had a four-year-old. <laughs> it, was a, it was a heck of a year, you know, and I was tired. And I had to remember at this minute in time, I'm making this choice. And I wish I would have done different, but I couldn't because I was so tired. My mom had a bed. She was always taken care of. She was always fed. She was always loved. Sometimes, uh, you know, when she called, I might take a second more to get to her instead of running to her. I would walk slowly to her, you know, because I just needed the few minutes to get from the kitchen to her room. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So, I mean, I was doing things that I wish I could have done a little sharper, but I wasn't. I didn't. And, and that's where at that minute in time, I had to remember I'm tired. So three years later, when I was thinking back going, what in the heck was I doing? You know, because of self-judgment, you know, I had to remember, no, at that minute in time, you did that choice because you Mm -hmm. were that tired or you were that obsessed with, with trying to do better, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And it's funny too, is sometimes the person we resent the most is ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, because of our lack of discipline or lack of, uh, um, you know, lack of empathy or compassion or whatever. And um, uh, so that, you know, it gets back to self-love again, you know. So um, actually, I get almost everything that we talk about here and the issues and problems that people are going through in life comes right back down to self-love, I think. You know, mm-hmm. that way, it really than, does. Yeah. Uh, people that have a really good um, self-esteem and confidence and have a very high quotient of loving themselves, forgiving themselves and that sort of thing seem to me to be they just dance around life and enjoy it. You know, even with problems and everything like that, you know, uh, that uh, they, I think it's because the more self-love you have, the more the less damage you do to everybody in your, you know, in your circle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, um, 
the waves of self-love. Uh, I'll give this exercise again, probably over the years that we do this many times because it helps my clients so, so much. And that's just to stand in front of the mirror, you know, uh, in the bathroom, looking into your eyes and just look at your, just kind of like you're looking at another person there in a sense, you know, look and realize that, oh my gosh, that flesh that I see in front of me is me, you know, and I'm, I, I have this consciousness. And um, as you look at yourself, you can say, you know, like you're the, the mantra of this week, he says, I love that you're perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. or I love you, even though you're perfectly imperfect. Um, and uh, here's what's great about that, that people don't realize, even if you don't genuinely feel like that when you're saying that, say it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> say it's it huge. Anyway. It's huge. Some people, can't, some people can't look themselves in the eye. You know, they try to and they just they look down in shame as they're looking at themselves. Mm -hmm. But even if you just, out of the corner of your eye, you could just go, uh, kind of like you, man. You know, and, <laughs> or, or maybe someday I can say that I really love you, but I'm going to try. Um, when your subconscious see because in the mirror to the subconscious that's another person that's there it doesn't know the difference mm -hmm. between reality and thinking when you when you look at that image in the mirror and if you garner up feelings good and, and you know good feelings inside of love and as you say that to that image in the mirror then um your subconscious begins to go oh i thought we hated that person we love them oh interesting hmm. and you do that over and over over a period of weeks or months then every time you walk by the mirror and you happen to see that your your um, subconscious puts out good good vibes in your body and you smile at that person just like if it was a person you knew and really mm -hmm. liked and that's when you can tell that you've you're kind of getting there you know mm -hmm. i mean how how cool to walk by and you see yourself in the mirror and you smile at yourself you know? <laughs> i know isn't right? that amazing amazing yeah. Exactly. And you can do that, you know, so just start small, you know, just do that exercise because uh, I'll tell you from years of doing that with people, everybody says that tries it, that it's transforming sometimes if they do that for a few months. Mm -hmm. I grew up my with my dad doing that for me, pushing me, putting me in front of the mirror and oh, saying, it's time to love yourself. And guy. my dad was amazing that way. You know, there's this dance that, you know, there was some times where I did resent myself because me being very dyslexic like I am, that I would resent a lot yeah. of times the way my body was working and that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I was talking to one of my, um, one of my students that I work with and I, and she's like, I made another mistake. And I said, no, you made a flubble. I don't know where I got that from. But like you Love made it. flubble, you know, and we we're so hard on ourselves and we resent ourselves for the way our brain works. We resent ourselves for the way things are happening and we resent ourselves for situations. It's like, you know, we make flubbles. We're perfectly imperfect, you know, in this dance of life and, and our expectations. And we hold, um, you know, scenarios for other people and and, you know, they're making flubbles. They're making, you know, these scenarios happen. And it's like, you know, can we just give a breath? Can we give a breath? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and so it, it, it's just a story. So as we are kind of coming to the end of our, um, our hour here, that, you know, there is this process where it's called life and we're human. And we have how many people are on this um, planet? Um, is it like 500 million or something? A billion or zillion or something like that? Um, well, I've looked at it many times and it's, well, 
I don't know. I think it's like four or five billion. I think. Yeah. Well, right? we'll just say we'll just well, say uh, it, we'll just round it. Yeah, we'll just round it off to five hundred million. Okay. Okay. There's five hundred million perceptions out there. Right. <clears throat> right. And no there's two five. Exact, it's like fingerprints. No two people are. And alone. there's five hundred million ways that we are brought up. Yeah. There's 500 different million ways that we grew up. There's 500 million different ways that we're adults. So with that, how can we have expectations on somebody else? Yeah. And then we have resentments for them. A perception, just a perception to put out there. No judgment here. Yeah. I, I have to catch myself on that scenario too. I'm human too. So um, I try not to judge. Um, there's just sometimes where in a moment it's like, really? I thought they were, they were asking that of me yet. They did it. Ooh, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but then it's like, wait a minute, come back to center, come back to center, come back to center. Well, look at uh, just the politics going around now you know i mean we have two parties which is two perceptions in a way but within in those two parties every democrat has a different perception every republican has a different perception and um but that's the good thing about our country is that we have not just one or two people running things you know i mean it's more complicated to have uh hundreds of government uh you know congress you know congressmen senators everything uh because in general with everybody with all of their hundreds of viewpoints and everything like that, hopefully we come to a consensus, which is more fair to a, a larger amount of people rather than it just being two people's perceptions, you know? So, um, it's an interesting process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Katie, we, before we come to the end here, you asked about the blood test that you got and I'm sorry, I took so long to get back to you. I hope you're still here. Who, who's that Katie? Katie, yeah, it was, okay. she was the woman who um, ended up. Um, I remember her. Yeah, that was asking because she was not feeling good for the last. Uh, I keep asking, and that's what I was doing. Um, she has something to worry about. I keep getting no. It's not you're. There's something that's off. Yes, but I would almost put it in the percept. I I mean, I kind of stick with the the still the the um the seeing of um more like an infection. Um, now, this infection could lead to something worse if you don't take care of it now. So with that, that there's not, I don't want to call it that there's something that you're going to have to worry about. It's the end of the road. Um, but I would be very careful of your thought patterns, too, you know, because you're there's something that feels edgy to me about it, um, that there's um, there you know, that it can turn if you don't take care of yourself. And I felt that before. So um, that there's this story of, of, of things that are going on in your body and, and it, it's time to get righted, like the ship getting righted and, um, oh, that it could be hormonal. Yes. And that's part of that, that imbalance in the body and, uh, and, and not being well. Um, just like for me, you know, I've been, uh, my adrenals, <laughs> my adrenals had a lot of work to do for basically my whole life. And they finally said, I'm done, you know, and they were basically, um, 
very, very much not working very well. And my liver and gallbladder ended up having a process, which means my spleen actually had a process. And, you know, my digestive system had a process to go through. So with that, that, you know, so I, where it started was my adrenals, you know, so I really doubled up on them, you know, and then I took care of my liver, my gallbladder and, and spleen and a lot of things, but I also dealt with my emotions because a lot of that stuff is about digesting your life, about um, spleen and the or the gallbladder and and liver are about emotions and um, and how we're processing those emotions. Um, and the adrenals are about the the motor. I always pictured it being like the alternator of the body. It's not necessarily the ba- battery, but it's the alternator. It's the thing that keeps the spark going. The alternator of a car is the thing that keeps sparks going to get the car moving started and that kind of stuff. And, and your, um, your adrenals are kind of like your, um, they process the starting of something. They keep you in fear and flight or not in fear and flight. And so with that, there's that balance. And so, um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, hormones and adrenals and a lot of that balance is about cholesterol. Um, she says that um, doctor is checking my cholesterol levels, um, which are linked to um, uh, adrenals. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yes, exactly. Because I know my cholesterol has been up. My But my good cholesterol has been always at like 80. So my, my, my bad cholesterol is always a high number also too. So, but yet it's all okay. You know, our body does regulate if we do treat it well. And that's the thing is, is that I'm trying to stay with as natural vitamins and byproducts. Like my chiropractor here gets standard processing and you could chew them. They're so natural. Um, they're so good, um, of a vitamin that they, that, um, you can just chew them. Um, and uh, they're just good, good products. And so I've been taking a lot of them. I can't take too many of them because they're made in a tree nut facility. But I try to take as many as I can because they're good vitamins. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a story. And, and good cholesterol and bad cholesterol, you know, like my mother of heart, she says, my, you know, she was 80 years old and they were putting, trying to put her on cholesterol medicine. She goes, my arteries are old. They're getting tight. They're getting mm-hmm. restrictive. My cholesterol is going to go up. So be it. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, things ebb and flow. You know, it's like it, it, it's an ebb and flow in our bodies are our bodies. And as long as I know that I'm treating my heart good by loving differently, loving better, loving kinder, loving more intently, loving myself, using divine love, that my heart knows how to pump well. And that's where I trust it. And um, you're very welcome, Katie, for giving um, your time. So um, just trust the process, my dear. And I would I would really look at some of those. Um, I'm hearing habits. Um, and I'm not saying that habits are bad. But I would really be careful. There's something. Why am I seeing ice cream before you go to bed? There's something about that pattern of, of I don't want to say it's ice cream, but there's something that that you know, ice cream before bed, but there's something about, um, like I eat my sugar during the middle of the day when my body can process it, when I'm walking through it, I try not to eat after a certain time because my body's starting to shut down. So with that, it's creating a different, healthier pattern. My patterns are mine. Yours are yours, but there's that, there's that example for you. If that makes any sense, Katie. So with that, 
Vegan. Okay. It is I'll five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody that uh, would like a regular uh, hypnotherapy session, you know, having to do with uh, PTSD, fears, phobias, uh, depression, you know, the normal things you go to a therapist for, I'd be happy to help you online anytime. Zoom works wonderful, actually works really wonderful. Uh, if you're in California, like now I'm in Southern California seeing clients and then I go back up to Northern California here next week. Uh, so pretty much California I could hand, see, you'll see in person if uh, need be. Um, but in the spiritual therapy I do, which is what I like to do the most because it's the most productive and the fastest as far as people changing or healing or anything like that, uh, life between life sessions can be done in person or online where I help you achieve a deep state of trance and uh, about 90% of people within one or two sessions are able to experience going to the afterlife and back for a couple hours. Um, 70,000 people have done it so far. You could be the next, uh, but you get so much answered and everything there. Uh, so many questions answered, so much healing goes on emotionally, sometimes physically and that sort of thing. So I'm available at Visit the Afterlife. There's some great videos on there, still giving away a free book that reincarnation is real about all of the research being done all over the world on it now pretty much been proven if you just look at the uh, if you just look at the research and uh, Natasha now how would they get a hold of you uh, you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. And Paula, um, you're sliding in a little bit late. Um, please, this was a good show about resentments. Uh, and, yeah. Excuse me. And and how to process them and how real it is being human and having resentments. So thank you, Paula, for being here. I know you um, commented on one of my other videos, and I'm grateful that you are interacting. So thank you. Uh, yeah, come and, come and uh, follow us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with this that, um, yes, please, if you um, know somebody who can use this show, um, please share it to them or tell them about us because of the fact that we're here to support you, the human, going through the process of being in this world of humanity. <laughs> so with that, um, my love is with you. So Natasha Venter, Angelic Clarifications, you can... Um, uh, make appointments there. You can, I love to help people go through life. And, you know, right now there's a lot of body problems going on because our vibration is changing. So our bodies are not able to negotiate what we have been doing. Um, our bodies are basically telling us, no, you know, I don't want to eat that crappy food anymore. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to eat what those things are. And, and so with that, that there is that grace for a few minutes, but not for the whole time. And as Katie, you said that you are a snacker. So, you know, like for me, I stopped eating Reese's peanut butter cups and I started making my own peanut butter. Or I use like um, good peanut butter that you have to stir, putting mm -hmm. good honey in it, freezing my own organic chocolate chips and putting my chocolate chips with my peanut butter, making my own <laughs> good Reese's. And you know what? Right. I eat less of it because it's better. You know, I don't have the craving to eat more because it's like I get satisfied. Good. So, okay. so with this, that, um, that, uh, you can reach me at those. I love to do, um, dimensional walks. So past live healing and past DNA, your grandparents and, mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles and those, and you've come together and healed those. It's amazing. The healing that can happen in the body. If you accept it. This show is also on podcast. It will be on most platforms. Uh, if you go to uh, Life Clarifications with, with Natasha, and there's a lot of good shows in the past that I have downloaded onto that podcast.
So blessings to you. We are here live Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, Mondays is the Dance of the Soul with Regan and I, um, 4 o'clock Pacific time, uh, Washington time. And then on um, Wednesdays, it's Life Clarifications with Natasha. Uh, this week, I, I might talk about the um, valuing because uh, some things came up last week and I um, I wanted to talk about how breath in, breath out about the value and and how to um, process that. So I think that might be what I'm going to be talking about on Wednesday. And I'm live there um, even on Instagram on Wednesdays if I don't have a guest. So blessings all, right. all to everyone and know that you are going to be perfectly imperfect. This is the mantra this week. Uh, I am accepting that I am perfectly imperfect in this world of mine. So blessings to you in this journey and um, have a great week. We'll see you next week. I'll see, see you on Wednesday. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs>